You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into a hole in your finger that you can listen through. I'm your host, Ryan Andrews of the Locked On Podcast Network and jaysfromthecouch.com. Back with you to kick off a holiday week here at Locked On Blue Jays. Hope everyone had a good Labor Day and and got out and enjoyed the summer one more time before the inevitable march towards winter comes. And it uh, it was a mixed bag for the Blue Jays while we were away. Of course, we had our Saturday edition of the pod last week where we talked about uh, many unpleasant things. And we may discuss them a little bit in the in the third segment. We're going to discuss Blue Jays roster moves, including one that potentially is happening today that we got word of through Instagram. So welcome to the 21st century. And we're going to talk about Sean Reed Foley's excellent performance over the weekend in the second segment. But because it's fresh and because it's a recurring theme on the Locked On Blue Jays podcast, we have to talk about Marcus Stroman's finger. Yeah, uh, the Blue Jays returned home from a six-game road trip where they went two and four, which, you know, that's that's about expected for a team of this caliber. So went two and four on that trip and came home to face that beloved foe, the Tampa Bay Rays. And... Marcus Stroman could not get out of the second inning. He had no feel on the baseball. He gave up six hits and four runs in that inning in two-thirds and just essentially buried the Blue Jays early and just didn't give them much of a chance. Not like they were going to do anything the way they were attacking Yanni Chirinos, who delivered seven innings of four-hit baseball. That, that opener strategy of the Rays just vexes the the Blue Jays so but we are not going to talk about the offense today we're going to save the offense for another day we're here to talk about Marcus Stroman and what to do with Marcus Stroman because Stroman rushed back from the DL he is a self-described competitor everyone knows he wants to be out there every fifth day he said he hate he hates sitting in between those days Wants to be Shohei Otani going up there and getting pinch hits. But no, he continued to struggle with blisters on his finger. And it, it's frustrating because you, you can see Stroman himself like so upset about it. Um, in her report after the game, uh, the Toronto Stars' Laura Armstrong got the quote about Stroman's future saying, you know, he's very frustrated he knows what he's capable of. He knows what he's done. He just wants to be healthy and getting there. And it's just a matter of getting it to that point. And I understand the frustration that Stroman has in not being able to go out there and actually pitch to the best of his abilities. But this is not new this season. And it's not even a unique issue to Marcus Stroman. The reason Aaron Sanchez missed three months is because he went out there with a finger that he busted in a suitcase 
because he wanted to pitch in front of his family. And he just wrecked it and, and wrecked his season. The Blue Jays have a lot of competitive starters, but that competitiveness can lead to rash decisions like this. And and Stroman coming back like this in a season that's already lost and just doing more damage to that finger, they essentially said he had a hole in his finger and, and tried to come back and pitch with it. And that's just not good for anyone. That's not productive for anyone. And, and it put far more pressure on a Blue Jays bullpen that does have reinforcements now that it's September and the 25-man and the roster has been expanded. But... Still, you burn through six pitchers because Strowman couldn't go out there and deliver and it more than three innings. And and it's a recurring trend with these Blue Jays starters that um heading into the Sunday start, Blue Jays starters delivered like an eleven oh six ERA in their in their previous five starts on a on the road trip. Like it 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 was an insane stat, but it just highlights how bad the starting pitching has been for the Blue Jays, which, again, sucks because it was considered a strength. But Marcus Stroman is the poster child of what has gone wrong for the Blue Jays this season. Just injury ineffectiveness and just trying to operate at less than optimal capacity. And, again, the question becomes, do you shut down Marcus Stroman for the rest of the season? Blue Jays may not want to do that because who really do they have for starters other than who they have in the rotation? Are you going to make Mark Leiter a starter? That went well for the Phillies so well he got designated for assignment and that's why he's in Toronto because he got picked up off waivers. Are you going to ask Taylor Guerrieri to go out there and deliver four innings? Can't hurt at this point. But to turn the attention back to Stroman himself. I I understand that, again, he wants to be out there, but he needs to be right for this team. He needs to be 100% for this Blue Jays team. Otherwise, 2018 is just going to linger into next year. And this is a season that needs to be buried from the collective mindset of this organization. This was a bad season. April... April was like the fool's gold that was found. And just everything else since then has been just a long march to the offseason. For Marcus Stroman to go out there and do things that would compound the errors of this season. To, again, for maybe play into his 2019 season. Because we've already seen that with Aaron Sanchez. Aaron Sanchez doesn't want to throw breaking stuff anymore. Aaron Sanchez doesn't want to throw fastballs anymore. Aaron Sanchez wants to throw his changeup. And everyone else gets to watch his changeup get battered around the park because it's not that good a pitch. He can work on it in the offseason, but it's not that good. So you're still seeing the lingering effects of 2017 with Aaron Sanchez. But the important thing is Marcus Stroman cannot let 2018 linger for him, and if he continues to go out there and have starts where he throws 50 pitches and only gets five outs, if he has starts that balloon his ERA back above 550, if he has starts where he just doesn't look like he can grip the ball enough, that's not going to help him going forward. Not going to help this team going forward. Because if you're relying on Sanchez and Stroman to be your two key pitchers when you have a lineup that's going to compete 
then you need them both to be mentally strong as well as physically strong. And just the way they performed with these finger injuries, it leads you to doubt whether or not they're going to be able to do that. I'm I'm sure top priority for this team is going to be to work on those two starters and make sure their hands are all right. Make sure their finger strength is built up. Rub, rub sandpaper on it every day until it's entirely a callus. I, I don't know what the solution is for the blister issues that Sanchez and Stroman have been dealing with, but it's something they need to get right, and they need to use 2019 to hammer good habits back into these two pitchers if they want to be effective when the Blue Jays are scheduled to compete again, which is the 2020-2021 seasons. So I I think Marcus Stroman should 100% sit and just get his finger healthy and come back in 2019. I know he doesn't want to do that, but he has to think about the future. He can't be thinking about today. So that's my recommendation for him. We're going to talk about another Blue Jays starter. Well, a couple Blue Jays starters who may factor into the 2019 pitcher and may not after their weekend performances. We're going to talk about that next. But first, just to remind you all that the Lockdown Podcast Network is expanding its roster of college shows. And we've already seen week one of the NCAA football season in the books. Miami looked absolutely terrible. Good work, Miami. Way to, way to go back to being you. But coming this week, uh, Locked on Buckeyes is going to come out. Locked on Seminoles. I'm, I'm sure they have things to say after that beatdown by Virginia Tech. And new this week, Locked on Wolverines, where you can get all your Jim Harbaugh takes and and wonder if Michigan shouldn't just turf him. But we that's in addition to other already established college podcast shows, Locked on Ducks, Nittany Lions, Crimson Tide, Kentucky Wildcats, Razorbacks, Volunteers, BYU Cougars. The list goes on. Find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or on Spotify, and get your daily dose of college information in your head. All right, so again, we're we're focusing on the starting rotation today, and we focused on, on two parts of the 2019 rotation. Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, barring a trade, will be in that rotation. And if you think they should be traded right now, then I would love to buy stock from you because you're obviously selling short. So let's instead focus on players who could be a factor in that 2019 rotation. Ryan Barucki's nominally in there as a three, just because who else? But uh, during the series against Miami, a couple starters who could factor into that pitched, and while one of them did not make a strong case for inclusion in that 2019 rotation, one of them did. And we'll talk about the one who didn't first, and that's Marco Estrada. And I've said on this podcast before, I'm in favor of bringing Marco Estrada back on a cheap one-year deal, like 8 to $10 million, just to serve as that veteran mentor, kind of help Aaron Sanchez with his changeup, help some of the younger starters develop that secondary pitch and and essentially just be the Curtis Granderson for the rotation. But Marco Estrada's performances have been really bad in the month of August, and he delivered another poor performance against Miami, going only four and a third innings, giving up six runs. The, the home run ball wasn't as big of a problem for him, but JT Realmuto did smack him 
good for a solo shot. Gave up eight hits, walked three, only struck out one. Like, none of the Marlins were biting on what Marco Estrada was throwing, which Marco Estrada relies on deception. So if he can't get anything with his changeup, he's he's in for a long night, as we've seen this entire season. But it's just another instance where Marco Estrada just does not appear to have that 2015-2016 magic. He's gone past six innings only twice in his last nine starts. Once against Seattle, once against Kansas City, and the Kansas City one wasn't even a quality start. He's delivered one quality start in his last nine outings since June 27th. And he had that DL stint in that time, but he's not been able to deliver effective frames. And he's looked particularly bad these last two outings against NL teams. We we thought he might be traded to an NL team. It, it's probably a good thing they stayed away because combined against Philly and Miami, he lasted six and a third innings, gave up 11 runs, struck out three, gave up four home runs. It just, he he's lost his ability to really deliver the kind of magic that the Blue Jays are looking for. And I go back to using magic because that's what his changeup was. It was magic the way he was able to put it wherever he wanted. It was just like teleported there. But Marco has not been fooling anyone. He is repeatedly giving up hits. And it's compounded by the home runs. Like, he's given up nine home runs in his last five starts. It's not staying in the park the way it used to. Like, I... Like, he's, he's a fly ball pitcher, but it, it, you can't catch a fly ball that lands in the seats unless you're that Japanese outfielder whose name I cannot remember right now. But it, it's just not looking good. And I'm, I'm not sure I can even endorse a contract for Marco Estrada next year as a starter. He may have to look for something like a minor league deal to be a swingman, which is another blow to the memory banks of Blue Jays fans who still have the warm and fuzzies for the 2015-2016 teams. But this is a natural consequence of those teams where you had older rosters making a run. The drop-off was going to be swift. And you've seen that with Bautista and Encarnacion and even this year with Donaldson and Tulowitzki and Martin and Estrada is just another, another example of that. And I was all for bringing Marco back to, to you know, kind of keep that magic alive. But he's not proving himself that he has the durability necessary to remain a starter at major league level. And again, he may have to look elsewhere for a minor league deal. Maybe the Blue Jays bring him back on a minor league deal. But the way he's pitching right now, he's showing that he doesn't deserve that kind of guaranteed contract, that Jaime Garcia contract, and it may force the Blue Jays to look elsewhere for a veteran starter just to kind of mentor this rotation a little bit. One that may include Sean Reed Foley, who was dazzling in his turn against Miami. Uh, he, He was brilliant going out there. Seven innings, 10 strikeouts, including striking out the side to start the game. Uh, on Sunday, just making that top third of the Marlins order look foolish. And I know, I know, it's it's the Marlins, but still, JT Riddle's been a top shortstop prospect. Brian Anderson's been a very underrated hitter this year. And JT Real Muto was their all-star catcher. And he just got every single one of them just swinging at air. 
Sean Reed Foley had a great performance against Miami. And again, it it was rough watching Sean Reed Foley make his first couple starts at the major league level. Just, But you could understand like some of his issues. Like he was pitching in Yankee Stadium in, in that second one. That was never going to end well for Reed Foley, who is a lot like Marco Estrada in that he relies on getting those fly ball outs, getting those pop-ups. But when he has a night where he's just flat out deceiving batters, like he did against Miami, he can be vicious to try and deal with. And that, if Sean Reed fully can do that on a more consistent basis, if he can deliver consistent strikes, because that, that's the other thing too. Did, only walked one batter uh, on Sunday. He, he did have a hit by pitch, but his control was on point. That That's the... Sean Reed Foley that the Blue Jays need to see who may be able to get that fifth starting slot. It's it's going to be a battle if Sanchez and Stroman are both back and both healthy because that leaves Barucki and veteran signee to be named later, hopefully not Jaime Garcia level, but it it's going to be a battle between Reed Foley, Tom uh Thomas Pannone who relieved him for two innings in that game, David Polino, Maybe even TJ Zoic if he shows he's able to make the leaf. So for Sean Reed Fuller to come out against arguably the easier opponent that he's had. Because, I mean, the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, never going to end well. Kansas City, first start, he has nerves. So for Sean Reed Fuller to come out and start number three and just be dominant. Because that's what he was. He was dominant. And how many times have we been able to say that about a Blue Jays starter this year? That they went out and they were dominant. Very few times. Main problem with this team. No dominant starting pitching. So Sean Reed Foley was a necessary breath of fresh air in that game. And I'm looking forward to his next start. It's probably going to come against Cleveland. It'll be at home. It'll be a first home start. So it'll be a significant test to try and face that Cleveland lineup. But Sean Reed Foley delivered the kind of promise that Blue Jays fans wanted to see in that Miami game. And and hopefully he takes that going forward, and hopefully he can put in a good show for the 20-odd thousand that show up to see him against Cleveland. So we will talk about some other new faces that Blue Jays fans might be seeing for the upcoming homestand after this. But first... Just a reminder, it is crunch time for fantasy football, and the Locked On Network is delivering the content you need. It has a brand new fantasy football show, Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. We'll give you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. I know I use it. I had a couple drafts on Sunday, one where I was mocked mercilessly by a friend of mine, but joke's on him. I stole his kicker because that's what I do. Anyway. It'll help you get the advantage, plus they have Ethan Turner on there. He's an injury expert. He will give you the edge on who to start, who to sit, who's going to play, who you should take advantage of. So check out Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. It is here to help you win your league, and you want to win your league. Okay, so it is September, so Blue Jays, like every other team, are starting to get involved in their call-ups. They've already expanded the roster to 28 ahead of that Miami series. They brought up Sean Reed Foley to start. They brought up Taylor Gurrieri, who they claimed last offseason from the Rays. He's a former first-round pick. He delivered in a couple of performances. He's he's doing all right. Jose Fernandez, the lefty, also got called up, 25-year-old from the Dominican. Delivered well in his 
outing so far. He pitched both Fernandez and Guerrieri pitched in that marathon of the of the bullpen arms in the opener against Tampa Bay. So we're going to continue to see more of those guys come up. I'm I wouldn't be surprised if there were more arms brought up. Uh, Justin Schaefer did well in his appearance for the Blue Jays. He could easily be called up once uh, his option time is over, which should be midweek. So Schaefer could come back up. Jake Petrico was sent down. He could be brought back up as well. And uh, according to Keegan Matheson of Baseball Toronto, position players could be starting to, to come on the rise as well. Keegan noted that Uh, According to Dwight Smith Jr.'s Instagram post, it looks like Jonathan Davis is heading to Toronto. Now, Jonathan Davis is one of the less heralded outfield prospects that the Blue Jays have, but he's been impressive at both New Hampshire and Buffalo this season. He is a speedster, which is something that the Blue Jays have needed, and, and I know the fans are craving that speed. Um watching Billy McKinney during that Miami series was awesome. Just watching McKinney sprint around the field was great. But yeah, Davis is a guy who's probably coming up mostly to get that MLB experience, that MLB seasoning that it seems like Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins want to give some of their guys. Uh, Davis is batting 282 this season, split over New Hampshire and Buffalo. He's got 10 home runs, but he's got 26 stolen bases. So he could easily be the replacement for Dalton Pompey, who, with the Blue Jays needing to add someone to the 40-man roster, Pompey is looking increasingly expendable. Now, I've seen Mike Hoschild floated around as the casualty for Jonathan Davis to come up. But for me, it doesn't make sense to take a pitcher off there when you have a redundant outfielder. And if the Blue Jays have completely soured on Dalton Pompey as an option, it makes sense for them to remove him and potentially look at moving on from him in the offseason. So if Jonathan Davis is going to come up, it's likely Pompey, I think, that comes off in his place since they don't seem to want to call up Pompey at all. Um, Dwight Smith Jr. obviously deserves to be back up here. He's hit well in his time up here. And with Buffalo officially out of the playoffs, there's really nothing for him to do down there. And again, they could be looking at bringing Rowdy Telez up as well, since he's still on the 40-man roster. Still only 23. But Telez seemed to come on a bit at the end of that campaign with Buffalo. And I bet the Blue Jays would love him to continue that momentum and maybe get a taste of MLB baseball as it is, just to kind of build on that season. He ended up with 13 home runs uh, at Buffalo. So not not the power numbers that they were expecting, but he definitely hit a lot better in the latter half of the season. So they might reward Telez with an appearance as a Blue Jay and, and maybe in a bat spelling Kendris Morales or Justin Smoke. So, again, it's that time where the Blue Jays are just trying to figure out what they have, just trying to keep you up to date on some of the names that you could see making appearances for the Blue Jays during this homestand and during the rest of the year. Because, again, that is what Toronto is working for, just to see who else will be in the team and mentioned on this podcast, which we have come to the end of for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Glad to be back after a, a weird schedule the past few days. Just it's been weird in general lately with the illness 
and other things. But I thank you all for sticking with me. That's why we deliver the content to you every day. And to make sure you don't miss on that, subscribe to Locked On Blue Jays on iTunes, on Google Play. Get it on Spotify. Get it however you can. It's on all those avenues. You can follow it on Twitter at Locked On Jays. You can follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. And yeah, just I, I hopefully am through that rough period and we can go back to, you know, talking about things like how fast Kendris Morales runs or how long today's Blue Jay starter will last in a game, which the under has been raking lately, which is very disappointing. But, you know, it it is what it is with this team. We'll see if Ryan Barucki can reverse that trend today. I I have faith. I have faith in Ryan Barucki. I think he can get six innings. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking to you all again. And so thank you for listening to this episode. On behalf of everyone at Lockdown Blue Jays and the Lockdown Podcast Network, this is Ryan Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening. And you all take care.